You're listening to the Hippie Haven Podcast. I'm Callie, and it's my life mission to empower you with the tools and resources you need to spark positive change in your community. Just over three years ago, I started Bestowed Essentials, which has now grown to be South Dakota's largest handmade soap company, and we also make a variety of other beauty and cleaning products. Bestowed Essentials has been recognized by FedEx as one of their top 100 small businesses for two years in a row. In December 2019, my team and I opened Hippie Haven, a zero-waste store and community space in Rapid City, South Dakota, with an online shop as well, and of course, I host this Hippie Haven podcast. If you're new here, I release an episode every Wednesday, which you can get instantly downloaded to your phone for easy listening by subscribing to this podcast on any of the major podcasting apps. The show notes and full transcript for every episode are available on my website, hippiehavenpodcast.com. You can also learn more about me on the website or by following along on Instagram at hippiehavenshop. Before we get started, I want to give a shout out to our sponsor for this episode, No Trace Shop. Some of you might remember Liz, the owner from my Zero Waste Parenting episode. That's a great one to go back to and listen to if it applies to you. So No Trace helps you cut your waste with sustainable bags and wraps. And Liz also creates free videos and blogs full of low-waste living tips and tutorials. The bags and wraps are made by hand in Santa Cruz, California with zero waste. They're designed to last and designed with the end in mind. Once your bag or wrap is totally worn out after many, many uses, you can compost it. I personally love and sell No Trace's vegan wax wraps at my Hippie Haven shop. And here's what another No Trace customer also says about their wax wraps. I'm so thrilled to not be using plastic wrap. Followed the recommendation to let my hands warm the wax wrap and it formed perfectly around my dish. Washed with cool water and a little dish soap. So go to notraceshop.com to get actionable tips for cutting your waste and to shop for sustainable, reusable bags and wraps that fit your needs and your style. Use the discount code HIPPIE, that's H-I-P-P-I-E, at checkout for an extra 10% off your order. Thank you so much to Liz and the No Trace Shop team for sponsoring today's episode and helping us provide you with this free content. My guest today is Leslie Samuelrich, the president of Green Century Capital Management. She leads by focusing on the firm's investment strategies, business development, and impact investing program. The Green Century funds have experienced 570% growth under her leadership. Ms. Samuel Rich holds a BA in economics from Boston College and has more than 25 years of experience in ESG investing, corporate engagement, and environmental and public health advocacy. Her comments have appeared in the Wall Street Journal, Bloomberg, the New York Times, Responsible Investor, Barron's, and many other outlets. She currently serves on the board of directors of the Forum for Sustainable and Responsible Investment and the advisory board of the Intentional Endowments Network. She is a guest lecturer on impact investing at the Wharton School and annually presents at dozens of national and regional industry conferences and events. Ms. Samuel Rich was honored with the 2019 SRI Service Award, which recognizes an individual who has demonstrated leadership, innovation, high standards of professional conduct, and accomplishment in collaboration with other SRI industry leaders. She was also selected as one of the 43 world-changing women in conscious business in 2020. So let's get started learning about ethical investing. So Leslie, tell me about what is Green Century Funds and what is your role within the company? Sure. Green Century is 
environmentally responsible mutual fund company. I'm the president. And what we do is offer individuals a way to invest with their values. And what does a typical day, I, I know right now probably isn't typical for you, but what does a typical day look like for you as president of a mutual funds company? That's a great question. Um, a typical day is divided between me working with different parts of our team. So we have some people that work on just the operations of the mutual fund and dealing with the investments coming in and all the different processes that happen behind the visible piece of it. Um, I spend a number of hours working on something called shareholder advocacy. That's where we work with companies to make them more responsible. And then I work directly with financial advisors who work with people who are interested in having someone professionally help them manage their money. And then these days I spend a lot of time on Google Hangouts and Zoom, um, talking to my staff and the people we work with to manage the mutual funds and interested investors and sometimes the press. I was talking to a Bloomberg reporter yesterday on the phone. And I definitely want to keep our conversation to very beginner level vocabulary because I myself have, have zero knowledge about investing. So if you could clarify, what is a mutual funds company? What does that mean? A mutual fund is a way for people to invest in uh, principally the stock market. So investing in like a bundle of companies. So a lot of people don't have time to track different companies and figure out which ones they should invest in and how much they should invest. So a mutual fund does that for people. So it's usually a diverse set of companies in different percentage holdings. So a person can invest just in that directly and cover a lot of their bases. And so how many companies do you guys cover in your mutual fund? So we have three funds and together we cover about 700 companies. And what so is the selection process for those? That, it varies a little bit, but one of the hallmarks of Green Century is that we only invest in environmentally responsible companies. So off the top, we don't invest in companies that produce GMOs or companies that are involved in conventional weapons or nuclear weapons. We also don't invest in tobacco companies. Um, and most importantly, right now, we don't invest in fossil fuel companies. So companies that are involved with coal, oil, or gas. And then what we do do, so those are the things that we don't invest in. And the things that we do invest in are companies that either directly help solve some of the environmental problems we're facing, like a solar or a wind turbine company. The wind turbine company we invest in is like the largest producer of wind turbines for wind farms in the world. Um, 
And in one of our funds, it's a combination of investments in those companies. So stocks in those companies plus bonds. And the reason we have that fund, it's called the balance fund, is because Sometimes people, especially if they just want to have one investment, they can invest in a balance fund and hold both stocks and bonds and they get it all together. What is the difference between stocks and bonds? Sure. A stock is investment in the equity of a company and a bond um, usually performs differently um, is is an investment in the credit of the company in really simple language. Bonds um, have more of a fixed yield to them and stocks obviously go up and down. And this is a you know particularly volatile time for stocks right now. So um, one of the benefits that stocks and bonds usually behave differently in the market. So one, if one is up, the other is down. So that's why it's called a balanced fund. It's, it's trying to balance it out. So it's never giving you probably the highest return or the lowest return, but it's trying to average it out and sort of a, uh, it's perceived to be a safer place for money. Um, So a lot of people use it, for example, for an IRA contribution. So those are contributions um, that people can then make every year. The usual deadline is April 15th. Uh, The IRS just extended it this year to July 15th. So if you're looking to make an IRA contribution, you can say on the regular schedule this year or you get a few extra months to do it. In general, what is the difference between investing and saving? And when really should people be doing either one of those two? Well, I think people can use the words differently. So saving, in my perception, is when you put money into a savings account, it stays there, um, or a checking account. And Financial planners advise that you have, you know, six months of living expenses just saved in something that isn't invested in the stock market Um, so that if you need it. So, for example, right now, if someone has been furloughed or they've lost their job, that they still have money to live on. So that's a general good rule is to build that up. Um, the other financial planning rule is to, you know, not carry any debt on your credit cards. But then when you've achieved that, you, you can start saving for the future or investing. And that is usually described as investing in um, the stock market. And one of the most common ways is to use a mutual fund, um, again, because if you, you you don't have the time or the resources or the interest um, to investigate individual stocks and bonds. So a mutual fund company like Green Century offers different mutual funds to you so you can pick and choose among them. And then we 
and our portfolio managers and sub-advisors, and don't get caught up on those words, um, but we manage what uh, is in that mutual fund for you. Now, I found an interesting statistic online um, that said about 66% of people aged 18 to 29 find investing to be scary or intimidating. Why do you mm-hmm. think that is? And what what is Green Century doing to try to help younger generations get into investing and not find it so scary or intimidating? Right. I think it's part of, there's a lot of, it's a different terminology people use and it's hard to understand why the stock market behaves why it and all and all of those things so what i would say is sort of just break it down and make it really simple for yourselves so the first thing is to if you're working and your company has a 401k plan or retirement plan or if you work for a nonprofit, it might be called something else, like a, the, let, the numbers are 403B. Whatever it's called, sign up for the plan and just regularly put a little bit in it every month. Um, you know, $100, $50, it, it, it kind of doesn't matter um, as much as you just get started. And that's, I think, the most intimidating part is just get started. And even though the market is really volatile and low, the advice usually is, you know, invest when the market is low because then you'll see it grow. So this is actually a really good time to think about it. Usually someone at your company can help you get started with the retirement plan. And then the company will usually match what you put in to a certain amount. So that's, that's the first step. And then after that, I would invest in a diverse mutual fund. So that means any mutual fund that invests in companies that do different things. So not a fund that invests just in renewable energy companies or just in clothing companies, for example, or just in banks, but invest in all those kinds of companies. So if you wanted to get started with Green Century, you can call us on our 1-800 number. You can visit our website, which is simply greencentury.com. And at greencentury.com, you can open an account right then and there. You can request us to send you some materials or you can ask some questions. Um, And we are a very individual friendly company. So we don't have operators answering these questions that don't work for us directly. Everyone that you call um, on our number is in the office or now patched through to home, um, but they they can help you do it. So if you have a question like, well, what's in this mutual fund or how do I fill out these forms? Or um, I have a account from my old company and I wanna invest fossil fuel free, 
you just call, can I, I'm going to say the number so people have it, um, 1-800-934-7336, and we'll help you. Yeah, and I'll definitely, I'll make sure to put that number in the show notes as well so people can click on it right there on their phones if that's what they're listening on. Um, you, you mentioned employer retirement accounts, IRAs. Is it possible to connect your retirement account provided through your employer with Green Century, or does a Green Century account have to be opened and, and used separately? So if you want to start an IRA, say, to make your um, annual contribution, that is separate from your company. For your retirement account, you have to look at the options that your company offers. But if you want to access Green Sentry, you can also ask your company to add it to the retirement account. Or if you use, if your company uses Fidelity, and a lot of companies do use Fidelity investments for to handle their retirement plans, um, oftentimes there's a option to not just use the funds that are recommended, but to, it's called open choice, and you can pick any fund that Fidelity has. But if you have any questions on this, we also can help you um, talk to your human resources department um, or help just understand it. Um, I think that the main thing, going back to your initial point, Callie, is that the hardest part is just going, okay, let me just take $1,000 and do my first IRA or add to it or, right, I have been putting money aside. And it's just people have not that much time, but it is important because you want to save for your future and you know, investing outside of a checking account is usually a good way to do it because you need to be making money on your money. Or if you want to be making money on your money um, over the long term, you can do that in the stock market, you know, with the exclusion that I'm not promising anything, but that is um, a track record of the overall stock market. What is the minimum amount needed to open a fund with with Green Century? The minimum amount is $1,000 if you then agree to put in $100 a month, or if you just want to do it all at once, it's $2,500. There's no fee to just start an account. It's called a load fee. We are no load funds. So hopefully that's accessible to most people. Um, it's a low minimum because we cater to individuals who hopefully like some of your listeners, you know, you recycle or you bike to work. Um, you're trying to reduce your use of plastics. And that's something you can also do through your investments is is apply those same values um, to it. And that's what I really like about working for Green Century, too. A random question that just came to mind when you're talking about in individuals investing. What mm-hmm. about investing when you're married? What happens to your investments when you get divorced? 
That depends on your divorce agreement. I'm recently divorced um, and I kept my retirement account um, and my ex-husband had to actually give me some of his retirement account so it was equal. Interesting. Okay. So yeah, I guess, I guess like a lot of other things like a house or, or other right. assets. Okay. Right. Yep. You have to split, you have to split it up. Um, and depends on state laws too, and how you work things out with your ex <laughs> <laughs> principally. Um, but we, we had a very amiable divorce. And so we just split things down the middle. Buying a house, is that considered an investment? It certainly can be. Um, you know, in most places, the real estate market has gone up. So it is one of the things that people have seen and do. I know my house is worth a lot more than it was when I bought it. Um, there is a trend, though, among younger people to not want that responsibility and just to rent for a long time. It's, you know, a house takes work. You have to deal with keeping it up and deal with shoveling and mowing and all those kinds of things. So I think it's actually changing um, in terms of what people want. But again, that just ends up in what you sort of have as goals for yourself. I think women are less comfortable with money. And so one of the reasons I like to do this work and talk to people and we go to a lot of events and speak at a lot of conferences to go, you don't have to have been a business major or math wizard or investment specialist to just get started. Um, everyone can do it. And of course, we know that, that women on average earn 78% less than men. And if you're a woman of color, it's significantly less than that even. How can investing help women bridge that wage gap? Well, I think that women um, can look to, I guess there's a couple answers. One, you know, in your own individual lives, you have to demand and ask for raises and promotions and approach it the same way that men traditionally have. Um, there's, it's still hard. There's still a wage gap, and especially in some industries, I think. But then in terms of other pieces of it, you know, women have to take responsibility for their money too. So uh, whatever you're earning, you want to be thinking about your future and whether you are partnered with someone or not in the future, you need to be financially independent. So I think it's once you sort of get over that psychological piece, it's actually kind of liberating to go, oh, I know where my money is and um, I'm saving, you know, I have a cushion in the checking account or savings account. I have some money I'm saving for retirement. And then I have other money that I'm either spending day to day um, or, you know, putting into an investment to save for a big purchase like a car or a house or, or something else that you kind of need to build your your home blocks, like your life blocks that you fill in. For people who have already started investing, is there a way to find out if those investments are invested in fossil fuels? What's the transparency in that? 
That's a really good question. Um, there is a way. The first way is that you um, can call or look online at your mutual fund company. The most common thing is that they are invested in fossil fuels. So that is what you don't kind of realize is that most mutual funds do invest in fossil fuels. Um, there is a very handy website. It's called fossilfreefunds.org, and you can type in the name of your mutual fund, and you can see how many fossil fuels it holds and other pieces. I think a lot of people think like, oh, I have the, you know, Schwab mid-cap fund, and it doesn't say the word Exxon in it, and don't realize that that fund probably has oil, gas, and maybe even coal companies. It's important to sort of look under the hood. And if you're using a financial advisor, you, you ask them. And if they're not familiar with this kind of investing, you can get resources from us um, at Green Century. We have a whole guide on how to invest fossil fuel free that you can access, and it walks you through the steps. And more and more as the fossil fuel divestment movement has grown from campuses and churches, there are just a lot of everyday people, um, probably a lot of whom, you know, shop and, at your store or listen to you that say, oh, wait, I don't, I don't want to, you know, support the industry that has driven climate change or the industry that is, is trying to use now all these chemicals to make more plastics. And you don't have to. That's the, that's the beauty of investing with your values. You don't have to. And I'll definitely make sure to include the the link to fossilfreefunds.org in the show notes, as well as the free guide that you guys have to offer to that. That's awesome to hear. Um, I meant to ask this earlier when we were talking about the the companies, the 700, over 700 companies um, that you guys cover and, and what your selection process is. Does Green Century support any cannabis companies? Not currently. Is it, is it, I'm, I'm not really sure with, with cannabis still being illegal at a federal level, is it legal then to, to be investing in cannabis companies no matter what state you live in? How does that all work? That's a really good question. Um, it hasn't come up for us because probably the companies aren't big enough yet for us to invest in and be mm-hmm. considered. Um, I think there's a, one or two mutual funds out there that focus really exclusively on that, but I'm, I'm not that familiar with them. So I bet they have dealt with those issues um, of how it works. And then one more topic that I, I wanted to touch on, I think um, when I think about investing or who a typical investor would be, it's it's an older white man who comes to mind. You know, I think of Wall Street. Um, mm-hmm. I think of, of course, the movie with Leonardo DiCaprio, Wolf of Wall Street. Right. Um, and, and you know, we, we see the, that reflected in the statistics of, of who is generally investing. How, 
Um, how do you see that changing in, in the current day and age, though? Do you see more younger people, more people of color investing? And also, what um, d- does Green Century have any programs to help encourage more um, diverse investors? Sure. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's changing. Um, people who are a little younger than me uh, grew up in a different era where uh, you're used to more transparency and you want to do more things aligned with your values. So the classic millennial generation is not, you know, timidly going, oh, do you think I could do this? They're like, oh, this is how I'm investing. And so I think that's actually driven a lot of the more traditional companies to look at environmentally responsible investing. They're just di- at the moment dipping their toes in it. But we, um, we, we're a woman-run firm. Um, we have a majority of women on the team, and we see a lot of women at events that we do and talk to a lot of them on the phone and they feel comfortable with us uh, because I think they feel a connection on the value side. So I think you just, you look for the firms that are like that um, and they're, you know, we're part of a smaller group of mutual fund companies that have value-based investing and a lot we're all seeing a lot of growth um and so some of our growth is coming from the age group you're talking about it's um you know wall street is still dominated by uh men but it's it's also changing and so I know I'm connected to a lot of women who are doing this and there are different niches of, you know, women who are trying to encourage more women to uh, get involved in their investing for their future. So it's, it's really encouraging, I would say, um, especially the generation coming out of college and how many women and people of color um, want to do work in the sustainability field. So I think that generation is driving it and slowly the, the mainstream companies are, are catching up there. It's not the fastest moving, uh, most, uh, forward thinking sector, but there are pockets of it. And I like to think green century is part of that movement. At least that's what I hope. I'm glad to hear that it's changing. Mm-hmm. What final advice do you have for our listeners about investing? My final advice would be don't be afraid and take the first step. Um, and certainly reach out to Green Century if you're interested in environmental investing. But just just do it. It's it's not that hard. You're completely capable of, of taking the first step and doing it, and you'll feel so much better um, when you do. I love that. I really love that. And as soon as I have an extra $1,000, which unfortunately things are a little tight right now, I definitely want to look into opening a fund with you guys because I love the work that oh, you're doing. Oh, that's so great. Thank you so much. And I just want to encourage people to 
you know, take the time for themselves to learn a little bit about it. Together, we really we really can make a difference in how the economy works and we all can be a really extra positive force for good and make companies more responsible and have our money do good things. Well, and I hope this episode was a, a starting point too, and I hope it's not the ending point for, for our listeners to take what they learned out of these 30 minutes and go do more research, um, starting with the links that we're putting in the show notes. And hopefully they look into Green Century funds as well. So Leslie, thank you so much for your time and everything that you taught us today. Now it's time to take action. Based on what we learned in today's episode, I recommend beginners take a look at what you're spending money on. And if you have investments, what those investments are supporting. Or for further impact, find a company or cause you'd like to invest in and then build or expand your portfolio. Remember, knowledge is power. So if you learned something from today's episode, share it with someone else you know who'd also benefit from this free resource. If you share the podcast on your social media, don't forget to tag and follow me at Hippie Haven Shop so that I can repost it too. I'll be back next Wednesday with an episode about what it's like to work for a zero waste business. This podcast is produced with the help of my communications coordinator, Ray Lynn, who also runs our Hippie Haven Facebook group, which if you haven't already joined, definitely hop over to Facebook, search Hippie Haven in the groups tab, and join our private community of fellow hippies making a difference in our communities. You can also support our work here at Hippie Haven by leaving a review for the podcast in whichever app you're using to listen, or buy us a virtual cup of coffee to keep us going. Visit buymeacoffee.com forward slash hippie haven to support the work we do. Thank you so much for spending this time with me. I hope you have a great rest of your day.